your menstrual cycle gives rhythm to your relationship. And if you hold it in that way, your relationship has this beautiful rhythmic container that will not only hold you both, but also deepen the intimacy and connection between you both. I'm Alexa, and you're listening to That Sex Check, a Soulfire production. Ooh, yay. I am so excited for this conversation. Wowzers. With Shawnee and Alexandra from the Red School, I just, I just have to say, the conversations that I have with people outside of, you know, recording for the show and our, you know, conversations that I have with people in our community, they oftentimes are kind of baffled about periods and menstrual cycles. And like, they kind of get it, but they don't fully understand it. And the idea that they could leverage the power of the menstrual cycle and their relationships is such a novel concept that I feel like I'm having this conversation so much. Yes, I help people with figuring out their preferences when it comes to their sexuality and exploration, but this is a subject that I talk about probably just as much. You know, so people will come to me and they'll, you know, what can I do here? What can I do there as far as connection with a partner or connection with self? I'm like, well, where are you at in your cycle right now? And they're like, well, I'm on birth control. I'm like, but where are you at in your cycle? Well, I haven't had a cycle in a while. I have an IUD. That's not what I asked. Where are you at on your cycle? There's still a way to track and leverage that information, that individual information in such a powerful way. And I am so thrilled to bring this conversation, what you both do in the world to our That Sex Chick listeners and audience. So yay, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Alexa. Thank you. That's got me really excited, Alexa, because we, I mean, all we ever talk about is the menstrual cycle (laughs) and, uh, and we'd be so bold as to say that understanding your menstrual cycle and being aware of your cycle is the very foundation of sexuality, sexual expression, wholesome relationships. So that's what we're going to be getting into. So I'm really excited as well. (laughs) Yay. Me too. So I would love just a little bit of your background and how you even came to creating the Red School. And then I want to jump right on into information, lessons learned. Um, And then I'm pretty sure you'll have some pretty unique perspectives that make tracking the cycle and understanding the cycle really simple and easy for people. So I would love to share a little bit about how you came to be, how this is your subject of choice, and let's get into the good stuff. I'll give you a little snapshot, um, Alexa. Um, it really chose us, you know, you know, it grabbed us. But how it grabbed us is a, a journey. It was a process. So I'm, of course, post-menopause now. Um, but all through my 20s, I was, I just had a feeling of, you know, being connected to your body, your menstrual cycle was a sort of empowering thing. To know how my body worked was an empowering thing. And to be in charge of my sexuality by not taking hormonal contraception to really be in charge of my body and my full sexual experience. Um, so that was just that on that basic fertility awareness level. But then 
at um, just before my 31st birthday, I got the menstrual pain from hell. And this menstrual pain came back year after, you know, not year after year, month after month, menstrual, you know, each menstrual month. And it was shattering. It was just shattering the pain. And I made this radical decision to believe in my body and follow it, to give space to menstruation. I thought my body's talking and I'm going to listen. And that was really the beginning of it. And um, it was a journey healing my body, but I actually really gave space to menstruation and allowed myself to deeply go into it and to feel the pain without painkillers. And of course, I was doing natural therapies and so on as well to help heal. It took time. And um, in a way, the cycle spoke to me and it unfolded from there. You know, it's a long story. But I wrote my first book oh, 20 odd years ago. And, you know, I was I began teaching workshops on menstrual health because I thought those are the only people who will come to a workshop on menstruation. And um, but it was like the cycle, as I paid attention to the cycle, the cycle revealed things to me about its potency and power and the way it worked as a developmental process. And um, it was when I was getting close to menopause that I and I was a psychotherapist. I had a background in psychotherapy. So I was sort of, I had that kind of consciousness, you know, that I was weaving in. And um, in my probably late 40s, was it Shani, early 50s? I was starting to come to, I was in Australia at the time and I started running workshops in the UK, came up because my family were all here. I'm now back in the UK. And I connected with Shani there. And, um, and then when I moved back to the UK, Shani and I met up again. It was all serendipity how we were brought together. You know, we could we could yarn on for hours, couldn't we, Shani, about all the magic in the background of this. But it was so powerful um, connecting with Shani. Something just went, didn't it, Shani, and sort of exploded. Mm-hmm. And we began really evolving the ideas together after that. Um, I suppose it was also it was also me coming into menopause and I had been, you know, by then paying attention to my cycle for a number of years and doing this teaching in Australia. And uh, I had been sort of growing into something over and over, you know, deepening into something. And then at menopause, it's, it's menopause is such an awakener to everything in life. And it just this work awoke up in me ever more potently. And then the combination with Shani um, just transformed it all. Um, but I have to say, life was orchestrating us all the way down the line, wasn't it, Shani? Mm-hmm. I mean, every time I hear you tell the story, Alexandra, there's a part of me that is just amazed at all the sort of miraculous that's happened and and just how radical this idea is that our menstrual cycle can talk to us um, because that's very much what happened to me. Alexa, my story is slightly different, but I, like many people, went on contraception in my early 20s. Really, I didn't know there was any other way. Uh, I thought hormonal contraception was the only option. I thought it was a responsible thing to do. And I was on the hormonal injection, which completely shuts down your menstrual cycle. And I was on that for seven years. And I was in one relationship for that full seven years. And it's so interesting now to really reflect back on the nature of that relationship during that time and how different it is to the relationships I've had since, since I've had a menstrual cycle, so different. But what was interesting for me was I was in some ways a little bit lost and 
out of touch with myself. I was definitely out of touch with um, the experience of being a woman and what that meant to me. I was quite disconnected from my body. And I came with hormonal contraception for a whole number of reasons. Actually, the main reason being (laughs) I started having this experience, and I've not heard anyone else speak of this, but I started having this experience where I would have this extreme pain after orgasm there was something about the experience of orgasm that would then get followed by this pain, which had me crippled on the floor. And it was so much to go through just for an orgasm. I figured I've got to figure this one out. (laughs) It's just too much of a price to pay. You know, orgasms are great and all, but not for that amount of pain. And I started joining the dots and realized that the hormonal contraception was doing something to my body which was at the root of this. And indeed it turned out to be true because when I came off contraception, the pain disappeared. But the other thing that happened was I woke up to myself. Like suddenly I I came into my body in a new way. I started feeling myself, feeling my sexuality, my libido, my drive, my desires, my longings. It's like suddenly my passion woke up. And with that, my calling woke up with that. I, I felt I knew what I was here to do. I couldn't articulate it immediately. It took me time and meeting Alexandra and a whole lot of synchronistic events that helped me to really be able to name and know what my work was. But it was the return of my cycle that um, really docked me into this. It, it's a, it's an intuition, but it's much more than that. It's a profound connection to myself that um, has just kept me on the track of who I am. So uh, yeah, that's 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 my story, and and we've been having a lot of fun ever since, haven't we, Alexandra? It's been what like twelve, twelve, twelve years. Yeah, we've been together it's, now. Been, it's just so creative. We sort of yeah. become a channel, in some ways, for something. So yeah. the work is consistently evolving and deepening in what we understand by this word, the power of you know the menstrual cycle. Mm. Mm. Ah, I feel all of that so much. And of course, my story is different to both of Mm -hmm. your stories. But I was put on, you know what it reminds me of? Like back in the day when I was born, my mom was basically told that formula was better than breast milk. And that Mm -hmm. formula, it had more vitamins and it was more of all these things. And so she believed it. She believed the the advertisements and everything. She was also a single mom needing to go back to work. She believed when the doctors told her, well, you had a C-section with your first child, so you have to have a C-section with your second child. She believed all mm-hmm. these things and believed that me being born, um, and she had, I think, a bladder infection or there was some kind of mild infection that I needed to go on antibiotics right away. So I basically was born C-section, was given antibiotics immediately, and then was put straight onto formula based off of what people told her and doctors told her. And I find that so fascinating that there wasn't this inherent, I trust my body and I trust my inner knowing that I even have a connection to my inner knowing to know that these things are right or true for me. It was more like, oh, well, I've got to go back to work and this is what the doctor said. So follow these things. And I speak to her, of course, now that I'm much older and there's more information and she's like, I did what I thought was the best. And so I respect her for sure for that. And so some of what you were saying kind of reminds me of of that because fast forward to me in my teenage years, 
And I am being told, and that's maybe at the same time that you're being told, um, Shani, of the the injection and you know whatever the reasons were, I was told that you know if I'm sexually active at all, then I'm supposed to be on this contraception from maybe 15 years old. I could almost get emotional because I believed what I was told. And I thought, oh, if I'm sexually active at all, or I might be at all, then I want to prevent unplanned pregnancy. And then it was like, oh, and this is good for acne and hormone regulation. They just tell all of these benefits. And that's basically the only thing that's being said, you know? And it's like, quick, look over here at these happy people on the advertisements while this slew of side effects quickly zips across the screen as if, you know, we're just going to not look at those things. And now time has gone by and I get into a group of, of women and we start speaking about the things that we experience going on and off of birth control. And it's like a nightmare. It's all over the place. But as soon as you speak to a doctor or a lot of doctors, now I'm not going to group them all together. You know, there's millions and millions, not billions of doctors. And I want to say millions and millions. Um, and, you know, there's, there's people that have, have made bids to come onto my show. And I've, I've looked at their, and their, you know, OBGYNs and that kind of thing. And I'll, I'll look at their content and see what they're putting out into the world. And it's, you know, trying to basically say like, nothing's wrong with birth control. And I'm like, you're not coming on my show because I've just been in so many groups of women where that's just not the case. And I'm tired of being lied to. And it's not even just that I'm tired of being lied to. I, I want to, you know, I find a lot of purpose and I'm sure that y'all do too. And painting the whole picture. Like what's really going on? What are all of the options and what is everything that's available? And so, um, yeah, I think I wonder how my hormones and my development and everything would have been different if I wouldn't have immediately gone on to something at such a, you know, ripe young age where my hormones were doing their thing. And, uh, and I also, of course, want to look back at the time and, and see myself with grace and go like, this is what I thought was the best. And the people that were helping me live my life and grow up. That's what they thought was the best. And so now I get to make different decisions and hopefully along with sex specifically, and you know, that giant umbrella of what is, what constitutes sex and then menstrual cycles and cycles in general, I find a lot of purpose in, if I can't get into the classroom with every student that's at that age, granted, I don't think they'd listen to me anyway, because I remember how I was at that age. I'd like to exactly to, I'd like to get to the parents before they have teenagers, maybe even before they have children. So I find mm-hmm. a lot of purpose in like who can I just grow my community with the people who are about to have children or who are, you know, they have kids that are not yet to the preteen age where I can help them with their individual, because it's hard to teach your children something you don't know about yourself. And so I'm trying, you know, to mold that environment for, for, um, adults even, cause they don't know either, especially if they're in their thirties like me. And that was the, you know, if they resonate with any part of my story, it's like, they didn't get anything either. So let me start there. And then hopefully that trickles down into the next generation. So Yes, Alexa, what you're talking about is a cultural shift that prioritizes cycles, but that prioritizes the menstrual cycle. And the moment we create that cultural shift, immediately there'll be a foundation for people because they'll have this body literacy and, you know, fertility awareness and 
natural contraception rests on body literacy, but we have to be talking about the menstrual cycle for that to happen. So if we can just start changing that conversation, certainly amongst the adults, you're right, that will filter through and just create a whole other, uh, really a whole other um, layer of education for everyone with a menstrual cycle, you know, that they know that learning about their menstrual cycle is just an intrinsic part of learning about themselves. So, yeah, I'm with you, Alexa. We're, we're joining you in that little campaign. Mm, great. <laughs> yeah. You have a few years on me, so I'm joining you on this campaign. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite place to shop for crystal, glass, and metal toys is Yoni Pleasure Palace. Sacred squirters, cervix serpents, Yoni eggs, prostate massagers, anal plugs and beaded wands, G-spot massagers, and something Jordan and I use all the time and even travel with, our plush, velvety, waterproof blanket. Every product feels so special when it comes from YPP. It's probably because of the care that is taken not only in the development of the toy, but in the packing and delivering of the toy. When you collect, because it's definitely a collection of sexy works of art, When you collect a new item, it comes with not only information on how to use it, but to also respect and revere it, along with cultivating respect and reverence for your own body and your own sexuality. I can't sing YPP's praises enough. To add to your collection, visit yonipleasurepalace.com and make sure to use the code THATSEXCHICK, all one word, at checkout for 10% off your order. And pretty please. If you share your items on social media, tag me. I'd love to see what you choose and celebrate you. Yes. So I, of course, wasn't, it wasn't a viable option to be told, understand your body and track your cycle as a form of birth control and certainly track your cycle and be present with your cycle as to understand yourself deeper and better. And I, I really don't know. I I think about, you know, if I would have grown up with the information and been tracking it from the moment I had my first cycle, um, which it was so funny because I, ha- I got my period when I think I was 14 and then would have wound up on birth control by 15 or 16 at the latest. I want to say probably 15 if I'm looking back. And uh, to get any information about like tracking at that time was just not, there's no way I could have done that at that time. But to think if I would have gotten the information significantly earlier that this mm-hmm. is coming. Exactly. How you, you understand. You prepare them. You mm. prepare. Um, you're prepared for your first bleed. That sets up a whole different culture and energy and um, sense of awareness of yourself. You set up. You, you're setting up a positive message then about uh, menstruating and the menstrual cycle. I've seen it over and over again because colleagues of mine in Australia do amazing, and also in the UK actually do amazing work with. Um, girls around menarche on young people around menarche and the transformation in them getting that information it just puts them on a whole new level so yes we're really trying to create a a culture in which it's cool it's cool to know about your cycle it's like just so ordinary it's like what you don't know you don't know what day of your cycle you're on what what do you mean you don't know about it? You don't know when you're obviously, you know, it's like. <laughs> and the thing, is, it is really, the thing is, it is actually really cool because when you start tracking your body that closely, yeah. it's so exciting it to is. be able to read these changes because you're tracking these physiological changes 
and they correlate to these psychological, emotional, energetic shifts. It's it's like having your own weather weather predictor. You can you can really sort of anticipate your mood and energy. You can predict your mood and energy, and it's like it's it becomes like clockwork. It is so exciting, and then you know, and then for your partner to know that. I mean, hey, like what? What power comes from that kind of knowledge? It's it's massive, Alexa. Yeah, it, it really does transform a, a relationship. Actually, oh. when uh, the partner is in on the cycling process, and uh, yeah, because we when we move through the menstrual cycle, we move through these different. Um, I love Shani's phrase of, you know, you're getting different weather reports. It's like these different weather patterns of our soul, of our emotional mm. being and, and our body. It's different weather patterns we move through. And each weather pattern, each, and we talk about the inner seasons of the menstrual cycle. You know, we relate menstruation to the inner winter, pre-ovulation to the inner spring, ovulation to the inner summer, and uh, the premenstruum to the inner autumn. And each of these are like microclimates of mood and energy and possibility and, and different, so different types of powers, but also different vulnerabilities that come in as well. And, um, and each season brings a different sexual tone as well, a different sexual kind of atmosphere mm. to, so you bring your a different emotional atmosphere to a relationship, but also a different kind of sexual energy that you're bringing to a relationship. Oh my goodness, say more. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you want to it's pick it up, Shadi? Sure. It is really uh, interesting and fascinating. And uh, I mean, I think of it as sort of the different faces of my sexual experience but also my sexual expression and I don't want to say anything too general here because although there is an archetypal cycle and there are these sort of archetypal weather patterns in each season um, everybody has their own unique experience of them and there will be similarities you know when we talk about the archetypal experience people can really relate Um, and the same is true with our kind of sexual energy and our experience of our own body and being but I, I really notice um, how, how differently I relate to desire and to um, the kind of connection I want to have in the different seasons of my cycle. To give you an example, um, there's a certain point. So, for example, in the inner summer of my cycle, which is where I am now, sort of day 12, I'm, I feel, I feel energized. I feel quite playful and I'm really up for simple, um, simple connection. You know, it it doesn't have to be elaborate or even meaningful. You know, I'm, I'm up for playing. I'm up for uh, sensual pleasure and touch and enjoyment. I really just want to have fun is the feeling I have. Whereas come like late, late autumn late in a in a the late in autumn which is sort of towards the end of the premenstruum just that's before where i bleeding. am right now like day that's where you are 24 right okay <laughs> so i start to notice it's been interesting to hear what you have to say about this but i i become more i'm much more sensitive mm-hmm. i feel things much more deeply and i really want proper connection 
like I I need to feel the person there. And I am very there. And it means a lot more to me. You know, I'm not really into superficial contact at that point. It's like, unless it means something, I'm not interested. And oftentimes, um, like I'm thinking with my husband, the sexual um, connection we have comes through, it foreplay is deep conversation. You know, deep conversation leads to sexual intimacy at that point in the cycle. Whereas at other times, uh, we come into it in a very different way, in different ways that we uh, excite each other. It's mm, very interesting. so good. And yeah, these are clues for sure for yourself so that you can treat, yeah. I think, on an individual. Like for me, I think when I look at the the aspects, the seasons, I really love looking at them as the seasons. If I go, okay, where mm-hmm. am I? Okay, it looks like I'm luteal, so prepared. Uh, you know, I, I typically something that I'm, I'm working on and I'm sure that there's so many people who especially pay attention to their cycles are working on is not wishing the rest of my cycle away so that I can just mm-hmm. get to ovulation so that mm-hmm. I can feel yes. good so that I'm more agreeable so that people love me and I'm more open and all of those things. I am challenged by at times I go into the inner autumn go into fall and I'm like a cactus is what my husband calls me. I'm kind of, kind of dragon lady where things are irritating to me um, Mm -hmm. where there's something that I might've brushed off before. I'm like, wait, hang on what? Um, And so Mm -hmm. just that general kind of prickliness, like I'm not interested in surface level. I want like you're talking about deeper um, and Mm -hmm. that, that deeper kind of connection and, and I want to feel a bit more. And so I and I and I'm curious what y'all's thoughts are on this. You hear I'm from I'm from the south and in the I certainly y'all's. can and I'm absolutely loving it. Mm. <laughs> I really y'all's. enjoy it. That's the yes. plural of y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I am clocking that one. Yeah, I'm learning here. There you go. It's got two apostrophes in it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so your perspectives on um, you know ways to to really embrace the other parts of the cycle too. And then also enroll, like for me, I'll just speak from my personal experience and, 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 um, of course I'm sure so many other people will resonate with it, but you know, ways that I can communicate more with my partner, communicate more more with myself and also love these other phases, uh, because I know that there's power in them and I know that there's something special in those two. And right now it's more like, Oh, you know, my husband tracks my cycle and when he knows I'm just past ovulating, there's like a couple of days post that window and then stuff starts to shift. Things get a little cloudier. And mm-hmm. he normally is just like, he's just kind of a bit on walking on eggshells, but he's just giving me a bit more space. Mm-hmm. But the way that he feels about it, he's trying to give me what he believes that I need, what I say that I need in the moments where I have clarity and can speak about it effectively. But I, I would love for us to have more love in there. And I guess the mm-hmm. love is just really going to look different to the times when I'm you know, pre-ovulation um, and, and even throughout ovulation. So, This is a very, very, very um, important, powerful thing you're bringing up here, yeah. Alexa. And I'm going to just start off, well, just sort of start unpacking it. Right. Yes. Gosh. There's so much that can be said. Mm. I think this. I'm going to start with the sort of foundational layer here, Alexa, which is that the cycle. It's it's all about being able to pace 
your the rhythm of your cycle and respecting your changing energy and mood because the cycle is a self-care system it actually it keeps you connected to yourself but it's also a stress management system and um and it's at all times giving you feedback on how you're doing overall okay so these are just very general statements to make you know to sort of segue into um your particular question so the baseline is there's a deeper work going on for you alexa which is that you're getting to know yourself and you're learning to manage your energy your time and your strengths and your vulnerabilities um each month you're learning more and more about that and the more that you can honor the rhythm of your cycle the more you can honor the places where you feel vulnerable instead of making that wrong or weak or a problem but just respecting it because all parts of the cycle are meaningful and necessary and you can't compromise on any part but the more you can inhabit and live into each phase of the cycle the more ease and sweetness and kindness you are building with yourself all right so there's more sort of ease in the system there's more kindness in the system um of course we then get stressful times that you know push us and then we can get reactive and so on still going strong over here y'all everyday dose has helped me transition off of coffee and into more presence less angst and more sustainable energy in my life with a third of the caffeine compared to coffee This mushroom blend features sun theanine, lion's mane, chaga, and collagen protein. And it actually tastes great. Ready to kick coffee with me, but keep the yummy morning bev? Go to everydaydose.com. Code that sex chick for savings at checkout, even if the items you are purchasing are already discounted. Yeah, baby. Everydaydose.com. I just want to pick up on what you said there about you know all parts of the cycle are matter and are necessary, uh, and just to bring in a little piece here, which is not a little piece at all. In a way, it's the it, it's why you and many others are asking this question is because of the loss of cyclicity just in general in the world, a loss of appreciation of cycles, but because. No, the cycle, the menstrual cycle is unspoken of and unacknowledged and ignored, has been historically. And, you know, because we've ignored the cycle, we've all learned to operate in this very narrow band, which is just this one mode of being. And that's become the, you know, respected, appreciated way of being. This ovulatory self, this sort of summer self or the spring self is Uh, what's considered okay in the world and everything else is considered not okay. So I just want to say that, Alexa, because this isn't just a personal thing you're struggling with. This is our whole, the whole of humanity thinks all of that other stuff is not okay. You know, in autumn, in a winter, ways of being are not okay. So um, we're, as a species, we're all, we've all been trying to just stay in this one season really, of growth and expansion and doing and productivity and giving. Um, uh, And so what we're really wanting to do in coming to talk about the cycle and coming to pay attention to our cycle is to recover these other seasons, these other ways of being, and to sort of bring them into circuit so that we start to inhabit the whole spectrum of life 
you know, the cycle within us, the cycles all around us. And what Alexandra is speaking about this pacing of yourself and like really respecting each season, just quietly for yourself going, okay, this is where I'm at. This is how I'm feeling. And just finding your little ways of being respectful of that is starting to just eke out a little bit more kind of elbow room for these different ways of being. Um, and and what Alexandra said there as well, which I think is really important, is our default is to judge how we are in the premenstruum. Our default is to be like, oh, when I'm prickly or difficult or more emotional, that's less good. And um, and And really so much of our work and so much of this practice of cycle awareness is going, hey, wait a minute, I'm not just emotional and irrational and irritable. I'm highly intuitive. I have huge amounts of insight. I, I I see what's true. I'm I'm so fucking discerning. I know what I want. I'm here to get our relationship back on track. I'm here to get my life back on track. This is where we 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 sort the shit out that needs to be sorted out. And this is a very, very good thing. If we don't have this, we'll just carry on operating on the superficial level and our relationship is going to be off track and we're all going to be dissatisfied and I'm going to be dissatisfied. So this is, this is, this is a really good place in the cycle. In fact, yeah, well, things <laughs> yeah. don't grow without precisely. This is actually a sort of evolutionary moment. And um, and it's bumpy because you've when you've come off that high of the summer and, and in the summer of our cycles, we're just, you know, we're just there for everybody. Nothing is too much trouble. You know, we're, 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 we're sweetness and kindness incarnate, you know. And then, of course, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, then there's backlash with that because you can't maintain that forever. And the cycle reminds you. So when you move from the summer to the autumn, you're, you're shifting from this focus on other people to suddenly remembering yourself again and going, oh, mm. oh yeah. So you cross into the autumn and suddenly you feel your energy drop and you suddenly get pricked and you think, oh, yeah, I'm actually a bit tired. Yeah, I gave too much there. You know, oh, why did I take on all that blah, blah? You suddenly feel your boundaries. It's the, it's the real moment of learning about boundaries. And boy, if a relationship is going to survive, you have to have good boundaries. And this is where you're reminded of your boundaries and where you've perhaps overstepped them. And now you're sort of backpedaling and trying to recover things. And mm. I really want to just say something here about our partners. You know, I'm thinking of your husband here. Which is because, yes, he's feeling it. And boy, there are so many men out there who suddenly, you know, they're ahead of their partners. They know exactly where they are. You know, they're just like all of a sudden, a deer deer in the headlights and they're like, just tell me what I got to do now. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And and I'm going to just reframe that for a moment. Actually, this was something we, we spoke about in great detail in our podcast with Dominic in the great man within podcast. Yes, yes. That was was so good that, Um, which is that the partner and I, but I'll speak very particularly about men here, actually, they've got to, they've got to respect the changing pattern of the site, they're learning about cyclical life because lo and behold, they're not the same all the time either. Are they? No, they're not. So when you shift in a way, I I would love your partner to feel your husband to feel, Oh yes, I can't take things for granted. I can't take our relationship for granted. I can't take Alexa for granted. 
you know, something is shifting here. And it's like, you know, the menstrual cycle sort of wakes us up at this point. And what's happening is they are being woken up too. You know, because we all get into habit patterns in relationships. And so you, you're dis- the disturbance in you is disturbing him. And he is suddenly having to go, oh, this is you know, what's <laughs> happening here. Something has to be reevaluated. And um, if he, the really, really important thing here is that he does not abandon himself. And, you know, he, right now he's trying to make, and this is, I think, true for many men in particular, they're, they're trying to get it right for their partners. Oh, what does she want? Blah, blah, blah. No, how are you doing? What do you need as well? And to come to also, instead of trying to guess what you want, to, to, to actually say, I notice something has shifted. And, uh, you know, what do you, is there anything you need from me right now? Is there anything I'm not doing that you prefer? I don't know if I can do it, whatever it is, but to actually name it and engage with it rather than trying to kind of, as you say, walking on eggshells, you know, and kind of dodging dodging the bullets and trying to find uh, a way of sort of placating you because that is like a red rag to the bull. To, well, it was for me. Someone tried to placate me here. Yeah. I wanted and, you know, to set. Exactly. And, you know, something that really liberates relationships in the inner autumn, this has been my experience. The inner autumn is so much about us connecting with what we're wanting and needing. And often, if we're not aware, what happens is we put all of our um, all of our needs on the other person. It's so easy to kind of go into the inner autumn and be like, "Yeah, they're not supporting me enough. They're not taking out the rubbish bin often enough. They're not picking up their, their towels. They're not, you know, to to project all that criticism on them and to really burden them with your needs." But really, the starting place is to come close to yourself, take time for yourself, slow down enough that you can get real with yourself about what you're needing. And if you can find some way to give that to yourself, immediately that'll open up the possibility in your relationship for more of that thing to happen. Yeah. 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 This is, this is brilliant. So I have my nugget for every conversation I have with experts in other fields or conversations that I have for the show, I'm looking for the nugget. Like what's the mm-hmm. thing that I'm going to take from this that is I, I can immediately start implementing it instead of trying to take in all of the information. Like what's the thing that I know that I can, that's going to make major change. And there's the piece where you said, so yes, I'm the one that's going through this cyclical experience every 26 days or so. My cycle, I'm one of the lucky few out there that gets to have an additional period every year uh, because my cycle's <laughs> short. <laughs> Where, you know, growing up, I remember my, my sister, my brother-in-law have been together since they were teenagers and my brother-in-law going, I think you're always on your period. And I'm like, yeah, it certainly feels that way. <laughs> it feels yeah. like that with Shani, actually. I'm always I mean, going, I'm just- what? You're menstruating again. How can you menstruate? No, <laughs> it's too much. Okay. No, it is. Again, it keeps coming round. <laughs> so there you go. Well, and it, it makes sense, right? I'm, I'm, you're, you say you're in your ovulatory uh, window or phase now, and I'm about to bleed in the mm. next day or so. So opposite 
you know, opposite ends mm-hmm. of the spectrum. But um, so the piece that really stood out is if I'm the one that's going through this thing, then I can, I can choose to take responsibility for looking mm-hmm. at my cycle each phase at a time or just looking at tracking it, which in a moment I would love for, for anyone who's listening that is like, okay, well, cool. They keep talking about tracking and paying attention, but how do you actually do that? Um, so I'd love to speak on that just after I tell you what really stood out for me. Uh, so I'm looking at my, you know, the phases and I'm looking and tracking at, you know, when am I ovulating and all these things. And I'm not just looking at my cycle going, okay, well, here's the 48 hours that I'm at the highest risk for pregnancy. So extrapolate that across five days of an extremely high window and 10 days of no-no zone, just in case. Um, So like, what is all the rest of the information giving to me? So if I'm the one that is actually going through that and I take responsibility, not only to know it for myself, but I also take responsibility to share this information with my partner because he also didn't, he got less, significantly less information than I did. And so how about I honor that? And that it might be kind of scary and a little weird and a little strange and a little, I don't know what to do with that information because he's not actually having the embodied experience and didn't go through all the things that I go through. So have some grace and some love and all of that for him and then share this information with him and then also get him enrolled in the tracking process, which now my husband is, and he swears by in all of the men that he coaches and his men's groups and all of that it's one of the first things that he says for, for them in relationships. He's like, let me tell you about this, this magic formula that I figured out, you know, let me tell you about this thing. I promise it's going to change your world. So, so that's, that's like one big hurdle. And the next is to enroll him in my cycle is for both of us. Meaning so where I'm in, let's, let's leverage my cycle since I'm affecting you anyway regardless with my energy and all that, let's look at this as a means of, okay, so this is my ovulatory window. Let's go fucking play. Let's go do all the things. And then it's going to eventually shift. There's going to be some like little changes here, little changes here. All of a sudden I'm annoyed by a thing that I wouldn't normally be annoyed by. Take that as a clue where the next time, let's say we do a relationship board meeting where we're looking at my cycle, we're looking at a part of the relationship board meeting is what's the weather doing? So what's the weather doing in general? So we know what days we can be outside versus inside, go for walks, go to the park, that kind of thing. So what's like Alexa's internal weather pattern, if I can use y'all's language. And then also, what does it mean for him? So if it's going to affect him anyway, then how about we be a bit more intentional? So if I'm going within, how can I encourage him in some ways to go within as well, instead of just trying to manage me and figure out what to do around me, how about it's an invitation for him to go in as well? And so let's say we do our relationship board meeting, which is weekly where we look at our calendar and all that, where I change what the questions are because we have different prompts. So like if ovulation is we're playing and we're going outward, as soon as that shift starts to happen to go, what is the internal world looking like? And if I encourage him to do that as well, so that we both feel this personal kind of sovereignty, individuality, you know, when other times in the cycle, it feels like we're just all merged together. And then this time encouraging the space and encouraging the introspection and then encouraging, you know, that, that fall leading into the winter. I wonder what next level this will unlock for us of deepening our love and understanding and intimacy. And so I just wanted to share with you the nugget that I'm taking from this so far. That's I mean, there are a couple of nuggets there and that's really beautiful. And I would sum it up by saying the 
that your menstrual cycle gives rhythm to your relationship. And if you hold it in that way, your relationship has this beautiful rhythmic container that will not only hold you both, but also deepen the intimacy and connection between you both. Yeah. Yeah. And that respect and reverence to also come from his side and respect because he already has so much respect and reverence for my body you know, mm. just looking at, you know, we have friends that are having babies for the first time around us. And so he's surrounded by men that are becoming fathers mm. who have watched their women give birth and all of that. And mm. they're just besides themselves. They're like, what I just witnessed is literally magic. Mm-hmm. Like, it was the most incredible thing I've ever seen. And I can't believe, like, I look at my wife in a different way. Look how strong she is. Look how much power mm. that is. And the fact that she can do that with her body is holy shit. So Mm -hmm. I know that he's already in a place of, and I know a lot of men are there in a place of respect Mm -hmm. and reverence for what a woman's body can do. And so I I really feel this is, you know, a next level of this cyclical thing, this pattern. You know, I just spent two weeks in Peru um, and I just got back. Y'all are actually my first episode Mm. back after a three week break from recording, which feels sweet. And so I remember when I landed in Peru, I was like, this land is mother. This land here just exudes mother earth. And to see, to see the cyclical nature in just one day, the sun, the clouds, the rain, the sun again, the rainbow, the clouds, the sun setting, the moon, like everything was so, because you're so up high in, in Peru. I'm not sure if either of you've been, but you're basically in the mountains. So we were in the sacred Valley in the mountains and to see the change happening around the mountains. And it's every day, every day, every day like this. And to feel so connected to nature and to really have that, you know, to know that I hold that inside of me and he in some ways does as well, but it's very outward you know, when it comes to me, more like me looking at the weather and looking at the cyclical nature of mother nature. And so, um, I just, I just can imagine, you know, me sharing this episode even with him because he listens to, I love him so much. He listens to all the episodes, (laughs) even when he's not on them. And, uh, and so I imagine like, this is just another, another layer to what he's already been noodling on. Oh, respect and revere her even, even one step further. There's even further that I can go incredible. Well, I I just have to come in here. I I find it so beautiful listening to the way you're speaking about this. And and you're really understanding, you're really getting something here about what Shani and I are living and breathing all the time that we just want people to know about, which is this extraordinary process of depth making, both personally, how it brings you deeper into, into yourself, but with your beloved. It is, um, and when you speak of, you know, revering and respecting the body and, uh, and you and, the, and this cycle, I don't think that there's a bigger turn on than, you know, being really seen and met. It's just exquisite. And was not imagining going here, going to what I'm about to say, but I am going to share it because we are having this lovely conversation here about, I'm actually feeling the intimacy as we're speaking, you know, with you, which is that there is a moment in the cycle just before bleeding, that is, that 
if you bring awareness to your process, that both of you are on board in the way that you're talking about, and and your partner is able to step up and meet you in the autumn phase when you become more challenging and provocative. Um, and 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 they are able to step up and meet that challenge and hold themselves and really and let yourselves also become more vulnerable what you can enter a very magical space just before bleeding a really we call it the moment of union you can experience it yourself individually um this it's a deep spiritual sense of oh, just oneness with life but it's possible to experience that with another if they are willing to meet you and are willing to do their own inner work because just as you are triggered to look at yourself and address yourself and your own needs you you know they are triggered into that too so it's waking up and if you can the more you are able to, to to step up to that and also have the time and space. It does require time and space and, and goodness knows we all lead rather somewhat insane lives, <laughs> demanding lives, you know, especially if you've got family. But if you can have an experience just of one month where you really honour well, you've got to follow your the, the the you know in your case it would be him following your rhythm as your cycle as you start to get closer to menstruation you're probably going to feel well initially a need to sort of clean up and sort out and clear things that lot happens and then a, a sudden need to slow down like you've gone into slow motion and you're not bleeding yet but you're this is well this is how I'm how, how I'm remembering my experience of it but there is this real shift and. If you if you are able to honour that shift and not override it, which is of course not easy always, and really be with it, and he also is has the spaciousness and presence to be with you as your energy shifts, something quite lovely can happen together, and it's not necessarily sexual in that moment, but it's profoundly connected. I'm familiar with what you're talking about. Oh, for sure. I mean, I know on a biological level, there's a spike in testosterone that's right before bleed. And so, uh, and I know that that's sex drive hormone. So, but I think it's one of those instances that if you blink, you could miss it if you're not paying attention, if you're not really precisely. paying attention to it. Yeah, precisely. And some people might, you know, kind of on the surface level go, I don't know. I just all of a sudden, right before my period, wanted to have sex. But really, if we go a bit deeper than what's underneath that, they might say, you know, I just really wanted to feel close yeah. to my person. And so they understand that as sex because some people understand intimacy, of course, being intertwined with sex and, and penetration and that kind of thing. Um, but I well, definitely- there, I'd just love to come in here, actually, yeah. but to say that um, um, Shani, I don't know, we both, there are a couple of stories that I always think of people have shared with us where they've had when they've hit that moment, I remember one person described walking through an airport and they were in that place. And frankly, they could have just pulled anybody in. They would have just seized anybody. There was there was no discretion. Nothing so powerful was that sexual drive. And we've heard it from others. It's just so hilarious. 
Yeah, sorry, I cut in there, but it just, I was reminded of those stories. It's for sure a thing. And I, I'm even experiencing it now. You know, I can, I know that it's on the way because I have a couple of days before my app tells me this is where you're predicted to start your, your day one over here. So I, uh, I know that that's on the way and, and my husband knows it too. Like he knows that that's typically what, what's going to happen, but I really, really appreciate your perspective around it. And the way to to look at it and think about it, it's not just like, a, oh, well, my testosterone's up. Let's take advantage of the fact that I'm open and available for sex right here. But it's more like intimacy. And then there was something else that that you share that I'll I'll tack it onto my lessons from this episode and this conversation is, I feel like there's an opportunity in that closeness to you know, for me, and I, I really do like to just like use myself as the example a lot of times and people can choose if they resonate with it or if, if they don't. But for me, I can, I can ask even my partner, what would you like to let go of? Because I'm getting ready to let go of a lot. You know, I'm getting ready to let go of things for myself during the winter time. And so, you know, what else, what is, what is present for us? What is present for you? And let me hold and let it go. You know, and I don't know if that's like, it just feels right. I don't know. Lovely. Yeah. It's gorgeous. Yeah. It's, it's so beautiful. sweet. Okay. So looping it back to maybe a little less like I could cry at any moment because I'm in my luteal phase. Um but looping it back around to maybe a little bit more tactical. So people might be listening to this and are like, wow, this is this is beautiful and this is insightful. Uh, how do I do it? And then how do I enroll my partner? If I have a partner or my future partner, how would I enroll a future partner into it? What would you say? It's mostly a practice of awareness. You need a bit of information, which is what day of your cycle you're on. So day one is the first day of bleeding and you count from there. So that's good information to have. And it's really helpful to know your fertility signs, like to notice the change in mucus and signs when you're ovulating and those kinds of things. Just having that basic level of body literacy really grounds this practice of awareness. But when we talk about menstrual cycle awareness, we're actually talking about this practice of noticing, being aware of your inner atmosphere, being aware of your mood, energy, um, your needs, your tendency, uh, what, yeah, how, how you're feeling that day. So it helps when you're beginning and it actually helps generally to write it down. So you've got a written track record and that could look like just writing down what day you're on. And at the end of the day, writing down a few key words for mood, energy, feeling, the state of your mind, any, anything that feels significant. And if you do that every day, you'll start to notice after two or three months, that there is a distinct pattern to your mood and energy. And that's what we're calling the inner seasons. You'll start to notice that there is an overall mood and tone when you're bleeding. And then you shift gear. You'll notice also there is a day when you feel yourself gear change, which is normally a bit of an awkward, wobbly day. You're not in that energy of the inner winter. You haven't quite landed in the spring and there's like this precarious nurse that happens we call it a crossover day you'll notice that and then you'll notice when you've actually landed in the new season that the atmosphere is then different so tracking your cycle in that way will start to reveal this pattern 
And ultimately what you're doing by paying attention is you're expanding your self-knowledge, but also more and more gets revealed to you. This is what's so exciting about mm. menstrual cycle awareness. It's, it's very much like a relationship with another human. You meet them at first, it's like one layer of getting to know them. But as you hang out, as you give them your attention, more and more of who they are is revealed. And it's exactly the same with your menstrual cycle. At first, you might not notice a whole lot. But as you pay attention, you suddenly start to notice things that you thought were random are in fact cyclical. This is what's so exciting. You'll be like, oh, I thought it was just random that I felt irritated or or that I um, went into some addictive pattern. Not random at all. There is a There is a pattern to it and you can predict it, you can anticipate it, you can start to actually create um, ways of working with it that are supportive, you know. So just like the weather outside, you know, when you know it's going to be winter, you get your coat on. <laughs> it's very much like that. Yeah. You know when you're in a winter, you feel tired, you're less interested in other people, your body sl- wants to slow down. And so you start to accommodate that by making less plans, arranging less social events, arranging your start time for work later so you can have a bit more of a lie-in or whatever the case might be, you begin to adapt your planning so that you can really accommodate for how you are and how you're feeling. And that in a nutshell is the practice of menstrual cycle awareness. So the next question, Alexandra, I will pass to you, which is how do we bring our partners on board? Yes, I couldn't remember it. Thanks for reminding me of the next question, Shirley. (laughs) (laughs) How do we bring our partners on board if we're already doing it? Well, I think I think the, it's your pleasure and delight in your own process that's the key, mm. that you just start doing it. And you don't I, – I wouldn't make a number of it. I'd just even just say, hey, you know, I'm – on day I just I notice just you might just talk about the day you're on and just notice what's happening or, or just start bringing things in that you just start exactly. spontaneously. It's, such a good, it's such a good way just to share how you're doing on any given mm. day with your partner you know so my husband might be passing each other in the kitchen you know and I might be like oh yeah I'm, I'm just I know I'm feeling really sort of shaky today I'm day 27 and oh, I just kind of want to drop you know I want to just go and lie down face first in the mud really <laughs> just just passing comments like that um but it comes from as Alexandra say it comes from your own practice so it's about you being aware of yourself and then it just becomes part of your conversation so it's just a lovely way to share how you're doing on any given day Yes, it is. And, and and I'm actually thinking of um, someone in our on our team who, you know, recently went into a new relationship. And I think, you know, if you're very fierce about your cycle awareness practice already and you meet someone, you get down to brass tacks straight away and you say, I just need you to know that I uh, practice. I want to tell you about cycle awareness. If you want to know about me, you've got to learn about this with me and or and she basically, you know, from day one almost, he was being inducted into cycle awareness. And that was, also, that was an expression also of her nature and her passion for the work. But I think ultimately it's just your pleasure and delight in where you're at. Yeah. Um, and the thing is, he loved it, just like you're saying, you know, your husband, yeah. Alexa, you know, knows what a, what a powerful thing it is to have this information. Men love knowing what the hell is going on. In fact, oh, God, yes. um, th- this woman's partner 
made a comment because I think he was just fascinated by the whole process of the cycle. And she told him about crossover days and she particularly day 19, her crossover from inner summer to inner autumn, she, she gets really difficult. And at one point he said to her, today's a crossover day. He's like, this shit is real. (laughs) It was like clockwork. He's like, Oh my God. You told me about this. This shit is real. That's what's going on here. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It is for sure real. I'm totally taking this crossover day. The gear change. Yeah. You know, when the the gear gear change and it kind of gets stuck and it's like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That a day ago is me. Like I would have been caught in the gears. Totally. You know, totally. and it's like part of me, one hand is still trying to grab onto ovulation. And then the other, yeah. the other hand is like not fully grabbing the introspective self-aware, here are my boundaries. And so I'm like stretched yeah. between, between the two worlds, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Wow. Well that, described. That is yeah. real. Wowzers. Very real. For sure. Uh, okay. So I have one more question that is, you know, we've been at, we're going at almost an hour here. So this will be my last one, which is sad. It'll be sad to have you both go because I love this conversation so much. And so I know that our people are going to get so much out of it. Um, so I get asked pretty, pretty frequently about menopause. So I've often, I just have, I don't know if it's like, if I've gathered this from somewhere, if it's really an intuitive knowing that there's a cycle that's still happening. So what is it? So there's something still going on, whether it's during the menopause. Well, because menopause is really one date, right? One year after not having a cycle. Is that right? So if you, how about you just describe it? I'm going to stop trying to fill in the gaps for people. <laughs> I've just been writing a whole book on this. No big deal. No big deal. No, no. I'll just sort of download the book now. <laughs> Coming out in September. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, we have a slightly different understanding of menopause. The medical definition is 12 months after your last bleed. So that last bleed is considered um, menopause. But we see menopause, and of course, predicting what is the last bleed, we don't know, you see. Until and until about twelve months later, and you go, oh gee whiz, yeah, it's been twelve months. Well, maybe I'm through menopause, but actually, the menopause is a huge psycho-spiritual transition. It isn't just a physical hormonal shift. There's a whole psycho-spiritual transition that goes on, and that takes place over a number of years. And we call that the menopause process. So we don't connect it with uh, the end of the bleeding. And in fact, we don't. It's you that self declares that you're actually in the process. So there's a whole kind of lead up to menopause, where you feel you're changing, your cycles changing, and you know you're not saying, and you know that that regular rhythm, that regular change of energy and mood, is not the same anymore. You just kind of feel premenstrual, more. You know that autumn energy, more and more and more and more. It's the gear change, but on a Ma- oh, macro yeah. level, what you experience level. in your cycle every month, but it starts to happen over a long, longer period of time. <laughs> so you got, yeah, you better get practicing with those gear well, changes because it's going to be like for. a few years of the one gear change, navigating into the menopause, and then suddenly you know that you're in menopause for real. What we're calling menopause, this actual transition, and it's a bit like going into a separate zone where you are 
in the world, sort of operating in the world, but it's like the world is a little bit distant from it. It's like you're viewing the world from underwater. You know, you've just got this separation. Yeah. And you look you really step out of normal time, yeah. space, reality. There's yeah. the sense of stepping out of the old you and out of the world into the sort of protected zone. Mm. And, and on the outside, you look entirely normal. Well, sort of. I mean, you may not be behaving normally, let me tell you. And really, what's really needed is for you to be able to withdraw. We need, but you know, we're not supported in that. We make we don't have mm. the resources to take time away. But basically, there's like a whole um, a transition you go through. And we we in our book we describe the five phases of that transition. So I'm certainly not going to open that one up. It's too big. But there are all these different stages you pass through. It's it's a death and rebirth you're going through. Yeah. And then eventually you emerge out the other side. And that place of emergence into postmenopause life is is takes time as well. And we talk about um that come you come out into what we call a second spring. So it's like you don't have a cycle anymore. You I mean you don't need the menstrual cycle is history. And you're ready for it, actually. I felt I'd outgrown it. I remember feeling, I remember feeling that very distinctly, you know, that I'd outgrown it and I was ready for something else. So there is no internal rhythm like that, but you are rooted in rhythm in all sorts of levels. I mean, obviously, there's my day-night rhythm I'm caring for, and I'm very aware of, obviously, the seasonal rhythms and the moon cycle as well. But there is the rhythm of my own creative evolution that's going on. So we talk about the post-menopause years as moving through seasons again. So you come out of menopause into what we call the second spring, which has that kind of newness again. You're new in this new country of post-menopause. And then you're kind of getting to know your new self. And so there's a bit of learning to go on and adjustment. And then suddenly there's this feeling of, yeah, I can do this. This is this feels great. And you're in the summer and you're powering along. But this is happening, by the way, over a number of years. Over a number yeah. of years, yeah. yeah. This, this is like the cycles leading up to the bigger death. Arc. The bigger arc. And, and I, interestingly, I've been joking with Shani about this. I feel as though I've just crossed into the autumn of my post-menopause years. And I've been do- negotiating that for three years. I, I, I've been resisting it. I, I just didn't want to go there. <laughs> but I have fully accepted it. And, um, and yeah, I mean, eventually you kind of move into the winter where, of course, ultimately it's death, your actual death. So uh, cyclical life is profoundly meaningful for me at all sorts of levels here, but it's not marked by that you know, very intimate one of the menstrual cycle. Wow. I mean, I, I think about that, that in a sense of the transition into, I know I wish there was a, a like more glamorous word than crone, mm-hmm. you know, where, you know. Elderhood. Yeah. Elderhood. We talk about elderhood. Elderhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, because when I came into postmenopause, I, 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 this thing of elderhood is, it's it's huge and i would never i it's it's not a term i would give myself um, but i can feel myself evolving into something but it demands it demands a huge amount that term yeah elder yeah so yeah. for my bachelorette party uh and also i had one of my best friends who was my maid of honor and i was her maid of honor and our along with one of our other friends uh we had our, our weddings were a few months apart and both of our bachelorette parties were in uh, September of 2021. And they had some 
you know, typical hen party, bachelorette party kind of vibes to them. But both of them had very ceremonious uh, ritual components to them that are uh, like for me, I had my mother and my sister. My sister's 14 years older than me. So she's quite a bit older than I am uh, or 13 years older than I am. So they got to be with my friends and they've never gone through a ritual or a ceremony that they know of like that, you know, like they've been a part of it in other capacities. But for this representation of shifting from maiden into mother, and so there, I'm seeing that there's a lot more awareness around that shift and honoring that shift and that that choice that you know, just respecting and, and honoring that. And I'm really excited to be involved in in more opportunities to do that in the shift from mother into wise woman into, you know, I guess that's the more glamorous way to call it than crone wise woman or the elder years or something like that, where it's like, you've been through it. And, and now you get to, you know, reap the rewards of this beautiful long life lived. And now, you know, you can say anything and you can go, it's because I'm old. You know? <laughs> So, so bloody true. <laughs> right. But, but the, you know, another way that we can honor even that transition. So I'm just seeing more opportunities for us to bring more and more awareness and celebration into life. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, Alexa. And there's something about the reconsecrating of menopause as a rite of passage that does yeah. that. You know, when people can go through menopause in a really dignified way and understand the power of it. They can then graduate into this second spring of their life and into, you know, elderhood, wise women, um, and 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 all the respect that comes with that. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's a good thing. It's a really good thing. I really, I really, really like being a woman. Mm-hmm. I do. I'm so Me glad too. that that my soul has chosen this time, mm-hmm. this life, mm-hmm. even with all things considered, this body, this whole mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, uh, you know, too. sometimes yeah. I won't say that, but most of the time I will these days. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. So yeah. the, the last little question I have on menopause here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll round it out, land the plane is, you know, I have a number of clients right now that are in a program that I, that I have it's called sex coach prep school. And it's people who are coaches in a field or therapists or counselors, or they're in some way they help people with their lives. And so they come to me to get broad spectrum sex education in order to incorporate that more into their practices. Um, and so I had, you know, as, as we got started with our most recent cohort, we just rounded out our first trimester together. It's all basic, you know, pretty broad spectrum sex education. And then we go into like ways to incorporate it into coaching and hold space and that kind of thing. Um, I realize I have probably more this go round than our two previous cohorts of people who are on the verge of menopause or over on the other side. And when I do, I have this, you know, this place where people can put in their questions and answers, you know, Q and A's, and then I bring them onto the calls and then we dig into them. And it was the most that I've ever had any questions that were about menopause. And so, you know, I have this whole portion of the program where we talk about tracking cycles and hormones and fluctuations and the more like sciency approach. And then we also talk about the seasons and the emotional components and energy and all of that. But for the women who are curious about the menopause subject, they go, what do we do? They basically just go, what do we do now? And how do we track? So my last question is for those that, that are in the menopause process, what are ways that they can 
still track and be in tune and be in touch and then also give that information to the people that they care about and love? Hmm, just a small question. Oh, I <laughs> thought I don't know, maybe you have like one sentence or two or a, or a whole book. I'm which trying, maybe you... I'll try and drill it down to yeah. one sentence or two, which is the challenge of this time is that you are moving off all cycles. Uh, you're moving into you're moving into the menopause transition, the menopause process, which has its own order to it. And and the um, so you are at some level abandoned. You're abandoned by any kind of clear markers, and you are stepping into the unknown, into a kind of great void. And this is part of the um, this is part of a much bigger conversation around because menopause is initiatory. It's a it's a it's the most staggering awakening. It's extraordinary spiritual awakening, and for that to happen, you have to be challenged. And so your usual support structures, your usual the the identity that you have sort of like navigated your life by is you know being systematically dismantled. Uh, this menstrual cycle that you have you know held on to and has you know directed things and guided you is, is uh, you know has gone to hell in a handbasket. <laughs> you know, so it's not it's not happening. It's all breaking up, and you are stepping onto an unknown sea. And I like to say now you are navigating by the stars in the night sky. And those stars are your intuition, your feeling, your instinct, all those sort of subtle clues of your being you're navigating. You're using that to navigate now. So you have to keep a deep connection to yourself. It's You've got to slow down to be able to navigate this void place and um, you've got to be patient and present with yourself and patient and also practicing you know very strong self-care so uh, yeah I think Shani is there something you'd like to sort of pick up from what I've spoken about an incredible summation of a 70,000 word book (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, I think um, what you've said there, Alexandra, is it. And I will add another piece because there might be people who you're working with, Alexa, who are post-menopause. So they've actually come out of that void. And really there, you can work with the moon cycle in much the same way because there's this other next kind of acuity that comes. I mean, I notice it now how I'm impacted by the moon, but Alexandra, you're very now post menopause, but since you've come out of menopause and actually you notice how you change with the moon cycle. So, you know, dark moon is day one. It's like bleeding and um, you can track it in much the same way. It's much more subtle. And obviously not as embodied, but there is there it does create rhythm in your life post menopause as well. Great, and I've shared that. I've shared mm-hmm. that. It's like okay, well, if you know, there's a lot of us that are are bleeding either on the new moon or bleeding within a couple of days of the full moon. It's either mm-hmm. most either or, mm-hmm. and occasionally there's I find like some people are transitioning maybe towards more more one or the other. 
Um, but generally that's what it, that's what it, it appears. And, um, and so that was my, my answer to those questions was like, how do you track them? And I said, okay, well, let's look at the new moon as day one, um, mm-hmm. as the, the dark moon and choose. And I mean, you can do that from the new moon, but I mean, they can intuitively go, which one would I, which yeah. one does it feel appropriate for me to start with? Uh, and, and track based off of what the phases in the moon are doing, because that is absolutely impacting all of us. You know, we're what 80% water and the moon is affects the tides. So, exactly. you know, no big deal. Like let's just, no honor, let's just honor and figure, yeah. figure based off of that. And so I'm, I'm really, I really love that you added that addition. And so what it sounds like is that when your book is about to launch, it sounds as though we need to have you back on the show to talk specifically. Uh, more I think depth. definitely you need to have us back. <laughs> we would yeah, love to be great. It would be great to get into that conversation about yeah, menopause, that would be related, great. menopause and relationships. Yeah, and intimacy. Well. I mean, oh my goodness, there's so much I could. We could yeah. talk about yeah, that. it mm-hmm. sounds, and I, I apologize for all of my that sex chick listeners here that are really into this last third of this conversation, and we're just going <laughs> to leave you hanging. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so we'll we'll leave you just hanging, but I promise we will put the landing back underneath you. Um, it won't be forever, okay? It'll just be goodbye for now, not you know forever. Because I did, I wound up having so many questions, so many questions, you know, and, and everyone can look forward to this in the future about intimacy and, and about how to connect with self through the process. And then like, oh my gosh, I couldn't even, I can't even under wrap my head around if I had an extended crossover day, you know? (laughs) So like, there's just more, there's, there's just, there's so much more to that. And then enrolling a partner in that too, and like how to get them on board with supporting as well. And I can, I just imagine that there's so many relationships that wound, that wind up ending around this time. I imagine there's a couple of different places, a certain time past having children and then a certain time past the children have left the nest, menopause is happening, shit's falling all over the place and we just don't understand it. So I, I I see a lot of this information is just, these are means definitely a big part of my purpose is couples, partnerships, families. I want to help them stay together if they're meant to be together. I want to help them stay together. You know, my husband and I both yeah. come from families that were uh, broken and stretched and pieced and parted back together. Both of our, so my, my mom has been married five times and his mom, I think has been married three or four times and his dad also a couple of times. And so it's just, it's just a lot. We saw a lot. And, and I think for both of us, we're like, we just want families to stay together. You know, it's a bit of a trauma response, but we feel very empowered by this <laughs> response. And I feel like this conversation and the one that we just had is, big clues, big pieces of info that can definitely help people stay connected to themselves and in love. Thank you so very much for both of you sharing your time, your energy, your space, your wisdom, your stories, all of that with me specifically. And of course, all of the listeners for that sex chick, I know that you have a book coming out in September, but I know that there's others. And so I would love just a quick, what are some of the books that you have available now? I know Wild Power is a big one. Um, and then other places that people can find you if they want to get involved in the Red School. Thank you. Alexa, I have just so appreciated how generous, generously you've shared your own experience. It's made this conversation so rich and so meaningful and, uh, you know, heartfelt. So thank you very, very much. Um, yes, yeah, so our, our, our book, Wild Power, is all about the menstrual cycles. So that's the one you've named. And Wise Power is our book about menopause, which is coming out in September. 
And Alexandra's written a book called The Pill, Are You Sure It's For You?, which is a really good introduction into sort of hormonal contraception and what the options are for anyone who's heard this conversation is wondering, actually wants to understand more about the ins and outs of that. Um, And Alexandra's first book is called The Wild Genie, which is all about her journey uh, from menstrual pain to uh, menstrual ecstasy and her discovery and awakening to this work. Um, Yeah, so those are the ones to check out. And our website is redschool.net. We're on Instagram at red.school. You can find out pretty much everything about us through one of those two sources. I would love also just to say what a pleasure and joy it has been yeah. having this conversation with you. Just yeah. I just also have loved listening to mm. your experience. It has just brought so much intimacy to our conversation. So, mm. yeah, it would be a pleasure to come back again and talk about menopause with you. <sighs> Alexa, thank you. All in the feels. Y'all are going to set me up for so much success in the future. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) I'm here for it. Uh, I receive. And yeah, um, to everyone who's listening, stay tuned. More to come. Thank you again, both of you, for being on that sex check. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you loved it, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. And if you extra, extra loved it, make sure to leave a five-star review. I'll see y'all next week.